money around offshore for people, helping people obtain bridge loans on, on property developments and setting them up the tax efficient structures around that. Mainly villains that have got a load of cash that want to buy a load of property. You open up a company in the United Kingdom, you get them to sign a fiduciary agreement between between the offshore trust and the company. Anything within that company falls under the jurisdiction of where, where, where the trust is. Belize, Panama. I was enjoying myself. I spent more than I earned. I spunked it. I fell into a trap of chasing a lifestyle. And I think that came that comes with what sort of I moved into next, which was more the social media world with a photographer a couple of times a week, taking pictures of different clothing brands, banging it up, going to different events, girls, drugs, money, pies. And that's when you start it's a downward spiral where you start doing things which goes against anything you've been brought up. I was working with this Russian guy and there's a lot of money involved and it went wrong. And the geezer, geezer wanted half a million quid nearly. He sent three geezers and I got shot at outside my place in Essex. Um, the bullet missed my ear by about an inch. So it's about half six in the morning. I've taken a Xanax to go to sleep because I've been up for about 48 hours doing God knows what with God knows who. I've woke up with geezers stood around my bed like this, shouting. So I thought, fuck, I'm getting so I thought I'd be an ironed out basically. I thought that was it, curtains closed for Toby. Bromley Magistrate Court, straight remand. I was put in high down. I was put, put as an ACAP and seeing the prosecution's notes in the bail document of obviously opposing my bail, why I shouldn't get it. And it was talking about, he basically made me out to sound like some BTEC Essex version of Al Capone and the fucking thing. I'm reading it thinking, oh my God, and it said holds maximum of life sentence and things out at the bottom. And you're reading it thinking, fuck, I'm in a lot of trouble. Welcome back to Karen TV. Today, delighted to have another great guest. Today, we are with Toby Gray in Redden. Toby, how are you doing, my friend? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Not bad, thank you. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Much That's appreciated. Right. Thank you for coming. So, guys, Toby has just come out of jail literally two weeks ago, um, but we're going to get to that down the line. Um, crazy story, but uh, like we do with all our guests, let's go back to the start and tell us a little bit about your childhood, Toby, and uh, your upbringing and uh, where you're from. All right. Um, I grew up in Kent. I grew up in Kent. I had a good family. I'm not going to be I'm not one of these guys that grew up in care or had a hard upbringing. I, my, my parents loved me, and they... they gave me food, they put a nice roof over my head. We were never rich, but I had everything I needed, you know? And they and they were, they did the job properly. Uh, I had a good education. I did all right. I didn't do amazingly, because I couldn't be bothered, really. I was more interested in running around, trying to shag everything and messing around with the boys. You know, that's what you do when you're that age. Um, and yeah, that was that was school, really. I had a lot of mates, we all got up to no good. I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm very blessed to be of that generation that didn't have any smartphones, you know. There was no social media back then, there was nothing. We all just got on with it. We had a laugh, we got up to no good, we smashed things, we robbed things, but I'm not, not glorifying it, but we had fun. And so my childhood, I'm, I had a very nice childhood. Nice. Yeah. And what about brothers and sisters? I've got a little brother. Nice. He's yeah. the complete opposite to me. He's a very good boy. 
Nice lad. He's uh, going through the Royal Marine process at the moment. That's good. Good luck to him. He likes long walks. He's got a committed relationship. He's yeah. He's he's a good lad. And what about uh, what were you sort of dreaming of being when you're older? When you're a child, did you have any sort of footballer or movie nah. star, or did you have any? Um, look, I love sport. Don't get me wrong. I love sport. I never saw it as a career. Um, I just wanted freedom. I think when I was a kid, all I wanted was money. I thought to be happy in life, you need to have loads of money, do all these things. If you can buy nice cars, you can have nice houses, nice watches, do whatever you want, and then. And then that, that, in my opinion, when I was a kid, that was the idea of success, you know, have lots of fucking stuff. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, and as you get older, you realise that those things aren't quite what make you happy. Absolutely. Yeah. And so talk about after school then. Um, did you go to college or was it straight into work? I qualified as a personal trainer because I enjoyed standing in the mirror doing weights. I thought, right, next best thing, let's, let's get qualified and start training people. It was shit. Not gonna lie, I didn't like it. Didn't like it one bit. Uh, I really struggle sometimes talking with a lot of different people. I've got ADHD, by the way. Well, apparently I've got ADHD. If it is actually a thing, apparently it's a thing. Mm. Personally, I just I call it being a little shit. But um, I've got it, and I'd struggle to communicate with people that weren't on my same sort of wavelength in life. You know, I can, but I choose not to. And I struggled on the gym floor. I did, because unless someone was a bodybuilder wanting to go out every weekend and shag girls and get on it and be massive, yeah. I didn't have anything to talk to you about, <laughs> you know, so that quickly, I threw that to one side, I weren't interested. And so you mentioned um, messing around with your mates as a child, Robin messing mm. around, all this sort of stuff, did you ever get arrested or anything as a child? Was yeah, it... I had a criminal record, it wasn't anything prolific, nothing too sinister, uh, criminal damage, possessions... Drunken disorderlies, little little things, nothing nothing which would hinder your life. In, just in little arrests and fines yeah, and stuff li- like this. Little, yeah, scrapping and things like that, yeah. Okay. And so talk to me about after the personal training and gym stuff then. Um, what was it onto then? What were you getting to work-wise then? I moved into the city. I wanted to make money. So I thought I had a mate who ran a couple of offices up there doing a few bogus investments, I suppose, and he sold me the dream and... He had a Ferrari and all this and said, come on, Toby, it'd be great. So I went up there and, and had a go at that for a couple of years. And did you enjoy that? Make lots of money? Did all right. Yeah. I did all right, yeah. And so you were living in the city at the time, were you? No, no, no. I was living in Kent, getting the train up every day. I was still in my early 20s. So, yeah. yeah. And so how long did that last? And like say, you did well out of it? Or I did. But obviously, white collar and people in the city are just as much fucking criminals as drug dealers are for them. They lie, they scheme, they plot. They've all got agendas, you know. That's what I found. So everyone was just fucking each other over. And it drove me mad. And you'd put all this work in to not get paid sometimes because some cunt in a suit's nicked it all. So I went off on my own, basically. I took some of the products that we were using before and I went and did them on my own. And can we talk about what some of these products were? Yeah, they were sort of asset restructuring, um, moving money around offshore for people, Helping people obtain bridge loans on on property developments and setting them up the tax efficient structures around that. Yeah. Well, so there's some quite advanced stuff then. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have any qualifications behind it. I just knew it, and uh, I could blag my way through it really. And so, so, so what part of it was kind of bogus then? Like you say, it sounds like it's no, that that wasn't the other. The investments were that is something which was which was legitimate. Okay. Um, obviously, it attracts 
a lot of illegitimate people those 100%. sort of products you know and so what what age was this then that you started doing this on your 24? own 24 24 years old and yeah. where were you based then did you have offices and stuff i was in kent yeah and i moved to essex shortly after that mm. and so like you say you're specializing in sort of tax efficiency offshores all this sort of stuff um, remuneration trusts mainly corporation stuff yeah. and some really interesting stuff then and like you say that sort of attracts um can attract a shady sort of clientele, would you say? Or? Yeah, it did. You have mainly mainly villains that have got a load of cash that want to buy a load of property. And how did you sort of find your clientele then? Um, word of mouth. You meet one, then suddenly all his mates want to have a go. And it's just like a domino effect, isn't it? And you yeah. talked to us about some of the sort of people you dealt with. You haven't got to talk specifically who they were, what their names were, but like... Um, would people be be quite open about what they were doing, or they would just come to you with these piles of cash and say, "Look, what this." They'd be open because obviously I came recommended, and it was mainly Northerners, mainly people up North Manchester, Liverpool, those sorts of way, all property investors. Okay, that wanted to do things, not pay any tax. You know what they're like up there, and uh, sort of take things out of their name as well, um, or put it out of um, out of reach. Exactly that. A lot of the time from their wives. That's one way of doing it. Well, it's I've a way I've, of. I've seen people have done it through divorces, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, They've yeah. known this is going to happen. Or wife's cheating on them, so before the divorce even comes, they're putting everything in offshores and yeah. stuff like this. And by the time it comes, there's nothing there. It's all in all in his name, but she can't touch it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Crazy. And so, um, like I say, it's some very like advanced stuff you were doing. It's um, like I say I was messing around at certain points, but it's way beyond anything I was involved in. Um, and so were there, um, and so you'd learnt all these skills from the previous stuff, people you'd been working with, had you? It's actually quite simple. If, if you'd, it's very simple. You set up a remuneration trust in somewhere like Belize or Panama. Yeah. You open up a company in the United Kingdom. You get them to sign a fiduciary agreement between, between the offshore trust and the company. Anything within that company falls under the jurisdiction of where, where, where the trust is. Belize, Panama. Fucking the, um, the Isle of Man, but that's a bit risky now because obviously the British can request all that information. They will give it. So yes. none of this is illegal. Yeah, no, like I said, it, I was quite interested. I've just literally read a book specifically on all this sort of stuff in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And so I know there's different, certain ones are more bulletproof than others, aren't they, of these offshores and certain yeah. ones cost a lot more and yeah. you just have your stuff there, facilities. and It's uh, the laws of the country. So in Belize, it's a criminal offence to hand over information of somebody that someone's got in their trust. No matter what what it's for, no matter who's requesting it, they won't give it. That's why I believe it was pretty bulletproof. This was years ago. Maybe things have changed. I've not done my research. I've not been involved in it in about five but, years. But how stable is Belize? Because I haven't heard of Belize as specifically being one. Is, 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 is that a safe place to have your Well, one? trust is a piece of paper. Yeah. The money's not even in there. No, it's in the The money's in a UK, it's a UK limited company. Yeah. The UK limited company is the trustee yeah. to that trust. Therefore, it's got a bank account. And, and so, you, you know the UK limited company, whose name would that be in then? So, say I came with, with a million pound, I wanted to get it offshore, so it's away from... Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even leave the country. Yeah, obviously. So, so, you'd have a management company, which would be your UK limited company. Yeah. That company is the tr name trustee of your trust in Belize. Yeah. Anything in that country falls under Belize's tax laws. It's what the rich have been doing for centuries. Of course. Centuries. David Cameron, I think, has paid something like... No, not David Cameron, fucking Tony Blair, one of those cunts, who paid something like 300 grand a year out of his old man's trust. Of course, and Tax like free. you say, it's, um, 
even my brother's been doing stuff like this. Uh, it's not illegal. It's, so not it's, illegal. Like, it's frowned it's, upon. Yeah, but it do. Well, what does that? What does that matter? Exactly. All the rich are doing it. Who cares about being frowned exactly. upon? Um, and so, some, um, like you say, it's, it's quite simple for you, but for certain people, it's something that's tough to do, and they pay good money for the facility. So, you yeah. any good money out of doing this for people? Then, yeah, I was. Yeah, I didn't respect the money. I haven't respect I've, my my relationship with money has been very fickle from a young age, um, but I was earning very well out of it at the time. Yeah. And so what sort of, would you be charging a percentage on, um, so say someone came to you a million pounds, what did it put away, offshore, all this sort of stuff? I um, can do be that, the... but I'd rather just charge someone 50 grand to set it up. Okay. One off fee, set the whole thing up. That's and, what I prefer to do. And what about, like, I know in the UK you get like nominal directors and stuff like this, so that would it be, say, basically yeah. fake people on the thing this isn't illegal neither would you be doing all this sort of stuff and i never did that no these guys wanted it in either family member's name or their own name yeah and um did any of the people that you're dealing with i'm guessing obviously you're dealing with some quite shady characters did any of them end, end up getting in trouble with the police and then process crime and then people be looking to try and find their money and uh no. well they might have done in the last five six years but i haven't spoke to anyone and so I'm guessing everything must have run smoothly there. I'm guessing so, otherwise I'd probably have had a knock on the door by now. And um, yeah, I might do after this video, you never know. It might remind them. And so <laughs> talk to me about how this sort of progressed. Then. Like I so said, you started doing this at 24, like it yeah. became bigger and bigger. You became quite successful, had money. I had money, Living yeah. the life, the partying, cars, clothes, holidays. Yeah, um, I was enjoying myself. I spent more than I earned. I spunked it. I fell into a trap of chasing a lifestyle and I think that came that comes with what sort of I moved into next which was more the social media world and you know poncing around in front of the camera and putting things up on Instagram and, and getting likes and doing things with different clothing brands and that's that's what so I mainly I basically stopped a lot of the finance stuff I was doing yeah to, to fuck around on social media mate I'll be honest even though the finance stuff was earning me a lot more money I was found myself getting a lot more gratification and validation from fucking strangers on Instagram, you know? And so I'll be with a photographer a couple of times a week, taking pictures of different clothing brands, banging it up, going to different events. And it, it's just got, it just, it's a shit life, mate. And do you know what's mad is that you see young kids now looking at, looking at the way people live on social media, looking at all these people, either this photo shoot, is that photo shoot? Yeah, great. The money can be brilliant, all right? If you are a well-known person, if you've been on an established television show or you are very famous, you can make a lot of money from it. If you're not, if you're someone that's doing a bit of promo here and there, it ain't worth a carrot. It really isn't. And I think people are more interested now in having the status of doing it than actually earning the money from it, a lot of people. And they can fall into a very toxic, negative trap by which they don't want to do anything else because nothing else is fucking good enough. You know, no one's watching them, no one's seeing them do it, no, no one's seeing them achieve something or or how they look. So they're not interested, you know. Mm. And I, I wasn't fully in that trap, but I could see myself not bothered about much else than going out, girls, drugs, money, girls, drugs, money, pies. And that's when you start, it's a downward spiral where you start doing things which goes against anything you've been brought up in a way you've been brought up morally you start taking on bits of work which 
can lead you into getting serious trouble, mate. Get you banged up for a long time. And I did. So this was the case of obviously, like I said, you say obviously it's uh, not a great life, but you must have enjoyed it in order to give up the financial stuff in order to try and get into it. And you're mate, trying to chase a dream and such. And listen, don't get me wrong, I fucking love partying. Yeah, yeah I fucking love it. Yeah, there's there's maybe two people in the world I love more than going out right and having a fucking party. And even now, even all the time in prison, everything I haven't had, I haven't done gear in three years. I haven't been pissed. Yeah. I feel exactly the same, okay? However, what has changed is the choices that I will make because I, I was on a merry-go-round before I went to jail. Yeah, I was going round and round and round. I'd have to go do this to fucking make, if you do this type, you make 50 grand. If you do this, you'll make 100 grand. You can buy this, you can go out, you can do this. Great, I had a great fucking time. But I wasn't happy. I was happy in that moment it's like anything, it's not when you do a line of gear, yeah? Half, you get buzzed, you feel great, you talk to a couple of girls, you buy off another round of drinks, and you think, fuck it, I'm going to go do another line of gear. And you keep yourself on that high, aren't you? And everything in life was chasing a high. I was chasing disposable pleasures all the time. And with no fucking care of who I upset, obviously other than my loved ones and people around me, but anyone, anyone outside that circle, I didn't give a fuck. And that is from stepping off that merry-go-round, being locked away for three years, looking back in, that's not something I want to step back into, even though I had a great time. Of course. Right? And uh, so obviously um, you get into that sort of world and you're partying, doing drugs, drinking, not everything's a million miles per hour, so it's easy to make bad decisions when yeah. life is at that pace. Yeah. Um, and like I say, when you're on the merry-go-round, you're going flying around it's uh, difficult and so talk to me about like you said you were having to sort of finance this lifestyle uh, extremely expensive lifestyle I'm guessing and so what sort of sort of criminality would it be that you'd be getting involved in in order to do this and how did this come around did you have friends who were criminals have you some of your friends yeah. have gone down that so it's easy sort of I was I was involved with a few people who we would do what we could to make that sort of money whether it, I'm not going to go into specifics because I could only really talk about what I've been done for. Of course. Yeah. But there was a point where we were taking opportunities and we had a lot of money around us. And I loved the freedom of it. But one thing I will say with money earned that way, the money is fucking cursed. Yeah, I'm not just saying that. Like, if you are, if someone gives you that amount of money, you're not going to have any respect for it. You are going to spend it on the feeling you've got when you've got that money. Someone gives you a hundred grand, you feel fucking great. You go spend it on something else that makes you feel great in that moment, whether it be girls, drugs, like we said before, clothes, go away for a week's holiday. You spend it all and you think, right, what have I got to do now to be able to keep doing that? And that's the addiction. It's not drugs. You are addicted, you're addicted to the pump, the pump that that sort of gives you, you know? Mm. And so what sort of age were you at this period then? So like you said, you started doing the offshore and all that sort of stuff at 24. How long did that last for? How many years was that? A couple of years? Three, four years. Three, four years. So it's about 28, 20, 27, 28 years old yeah. now when this was all the social media sort of yeah. stuff, the party lifestyle, the criminality sort of crept yeah. into your life. 
And so talk to me about then, like how this came on top, how it sort of went wrong, and like when the first sort of major thing that went wrong or arrested. Uh, did you start getting deeper and deeper into the criminality? Did that yeah. sort of overtake everything else? That, you were, that took over. Had that now become you, and you're looking. I think people who've known me for years would go on social media and think Toby just takes fucking pictures on Instagram and gets everything for free and goes to this night out and this night out and has a great fucking time. Yeah. Reality of it was. At one point, I weren't even, I weren't even earning money on Instagram. I was just putting it out there just, just to save face. And I was doing all this other stuff in the background, which, which, and Instagram was just sort of a, sort of a front. I think 99% of people who are doing the social media sort of stuff are doing financing it in other means. Well, it was a, what I mean is it was, it was a front for obviously all the, all the criminality I was involved in. So I'd be, I'd show them in a nightclub one night and, but leading up to that, I've probably done something terrible. And so what, um, was there a particular drug that was your favourite around these sort of times that obviously goes with the... Yeah, I mean, look, we, cocaine's always fun, isn't it? I've, I've done it from a very young age, on a weekly basis probably. It's, I've never, I wouldn't say it was a, I've never had a problem. But my problem is, when I start, I can't stop. So I'll go out on a Friday, next thing I know it's Monday morning, and I've still got the same energy I had on Friday, <laughs> thinking, well, what are we doing today, what are we doing today? And when I say I can go for days, I, I can go for fucking days. And that is what's just poisonous. You end up spending three or four grand over a weekend. Dangerous. And it's lethal. And then, then you go for a bit of a sleep, have a bit of food, and then I'm in the gym the next day. And I'll train oh. 10 times that week. And your heart is just, you can't take it. You can't take you never You're never resting. Emotionally, physically. Of yeah, course. Bad for the soul. Yeah, living that uh, crazy lifestyle. Yeah, and so talk to me about the sort of the first major arrest then, and when what sort of led up to that, and what the sort of before that, and I knew it was coming. I could feel it. Had had you been why you've been making a lot of noise, or you've been getting caught up, or getting close at certain points? You felt a mate of mine rung me. I can't say I'm not going to say who, but he called me back at the end of 2019, and he said to me, Toby your pictures are all over a whiteboard in a police office. All right, and, I, and I've gone, right. He went, they're watching your Instagram, mate. Just be careful. I thought, all right, I thought, fuck off. I thought nothing of it, I didn't care. Carried on doing everything. I even rung my dad about a month before I got nicked. I said, dad, just a heads up. I might have to go away for a little bit soon. I can, I can feel something coming. But the main thing which happened was... Uh, Something I was involved in went badly wrong. But obviously, sorry to interject, um, so you were sort of prepared, at that point there you'd become a proper criminal, you'd call your dad up and say, look, I might have to go away for a bit. You'd, had you been, at this point, were you in like a real criminal circle where you had friends that had gone away to jail prior to this? Yeah. Was, so it wasn't something that was abnormal to you, even though you had a Someone close to me kept being nicked and, and released without, without enough evidence. And, and I knew that it was soon to be my turn. But I didn't quite, I didn't quite, appreciate the gravitas of what they were actually going to come to me for you know i thought fucking it'll be what a bit bit of fraud or or a bit of money laundering or something really fucking mickey mouse still just what go away for a couple of months whatever so i weren't bothered and so uh talk to me about the the day of of this arrest then and then what proceeded from there how did it happen was it a dawn raid doors off i've been partying 
Oh, leading no. up to it, yeah. So it's about half six in the morning. I've taken a Xanax to go to sleep because I've been up for about 48 hours doing God knows what with God knows who. I didn't even wake up. I didn't even know. I've woke up with geezers stood around my bed like this, shouting. So I thought, fuck, I'm getting so I thought I'd be an ironed out basically. I thought that was it. Curtains closed for Toby. And um, they've gone, they've gone, Mr. Gray, Mr. Gray, it's the police. I swear, you can't. I thought, oh, you scared the fucking shit out of me. And um, they went, no, no, it's the police. And the pl when the police's report, he wrote, Mr. Gray was very relieved to see it was the police. And a funny story about about um, that day. We were sat in my living room. as They were, they were fucking ripping my flat to pieces, yeah. Cuffed up in my pants on the sofa like this. And one of them, one of them, was trying to talk to me about something. I, I, I just had the right time by that point. I was just like, "Fuck this!" But the woman detective was going through all my drawers, going through the oven, going through the dishwasher. They're looking for firearms, yeah. And she'd opened the dishwasher, and I thought she ain't going to pick it up, is she? And there were all these sex toys in the dishwasher, right? Nice, <laughs> right from the party, from the party you know, over the weekend. And I thought, she's not going to pick it up. I've started laughing. She's got this butt plug in her hand, right? She's doing this with it and twisting it. And I was laughing. And the man was like, what's so funny? I looked at her, I went, oh, I really wouldn't touch that if I were you, love. She's gone, I went, well, it's been up about three people, including me. It hadn't been up me. I just thought I'd wind her up. And she's gone, what? Throw it like this. All the officers were laughing. The whole room was laughing. I was laughing. It was like something out of a comedy sketch, mate. Um... So she fucking hated me from that moment, yeah. Did they find anything dodgy, uh, like bad nothing. in the... They've, they've, my no, whole case No was, money, no drugs, nothing like they this. Fa they found, done all the drugs they found cash, they took the cash. How much? Uh, about 40 grand. 40 grand? They were bagging up designer clothes. They had a car boot sale in my flat, mate, yeah. They took all your clothes from the first arrest. Like, they took everything. Out. They started bagging up all my clothes, taking clothes, them with watches, them. Shoes. Um, not, luckily, there was no watches at the house. Um, they shoes, like Gucci shoes, fucking Louboutins, just all, all material stuff. Yeah. Like, to be honest, now looking back, fucking keep it. I don't care. I'd rather have my freedom. Yeah, yeah, of course. All um, stuff. They took me to Bromley Police Station. I've walked in there, right? My co-defendant was sat there like this, right, all cuffed. His son, 15 years old, was also sat next to him, fucking cuffed. Our lawyer was sat next to him, cuffed and he's like I remember I'll never forget the look on his face he's looked at me he's looked up he's gone Toby it's all gone wrong mate oh, no. it's all gone wrong I'm thinking oh fuck I can see that shit and so do you say you, uh, your lawyer had you had prior cases before this and stuff well, like this or this lawyer, lawyer she wasn't or my he was, lawyer he was on board ready or he was the, sort of the firm's lawyer this lawyer was involved with us on another charge I'll obviously I'll speak about it in a yeah. bit um that's why that's why she was there. Okay. But that ended up not being my lawyer in the end. Yeah, you can't have two in the case represent both people, can you? If it's a joint plus the firm shit anyway. She was she was making her moody, yeah. And so obviously at the point where you've seen your Cody and his son, you've known did you know what it was about at that point then? You knew what it was to do I with? mean they said they were looking for counterfeit money and they were looking for firearms in my flat. So I knew it was it was to do with money and guns. Yeah. And so Obviously now that obviously, and so obviously talk to us about actually the police station then, and obviously the questioning and all this sort of stuff. They were just literally, 
how, have they been watching you? How did they know this? The, yeah. the counterfeit money and guns and all this? Like, where did, or, how well, did the, all this come from? The counterfeit money came from um, an arrest months prior, where they took my phone and plugged my and managed to get into my phone, basically. All right. So yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't mention I was arrested a few months before this main arrest, yep. where they interviewed me on about counterfeit money, took my devices, plugged them in, fucked me off, let me go. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, this is when they'd done the phone download. They broke into my iPhone. They downloaded everything they could, and they yep. came back with a fucking squad, yeah, yep. and came back properly. Um, so I'm now in the interview room. I'm being into. I was arrested for th three things. I was arrested for the conspiracy to import firearms into the UK, um, conspiracy to supply and export counterfeit currency, and blackmail. Three heavy charges. It weren't looking good no. at that time. Um, they provided a lot of communication as evidence. That's all it was. It was just correspondence. There was no evidence of anything ever coming to the UK. There was no evidence that anything arrived, anything had been paid for. It was all conversations that they got their hands on. So they never actually got any guns or counterfeit They money. got. They had nothing physical. I think they found one note at my co-defendant's house. One fake note, yeah. So <laughs> it was all asked me why I said this, why I said this, what does this mean, what does that mean? And I, I just said, I just said no comment. I, I won't, I won't getting into all that with them. Um, and like you said, they weren't shown significant. It was just the the messages and the phone stuff. But were the messages blatant in the phone? Like how damaging were these messages? The way they're shown? being portrayed, it didn't look good. And I wasn't going to sit there and try and explain myself to them because you've got to remember with these people, they don't want you to be innocent. Of course, they they, want, they they built a case. They spent man hours investigating you, looking into you, your life. This is now personal to them. They want you to be guilty. And so, leading up to that first arrest, not this one, had they been watching you for a bit of time before that and then yeah. they managed to dig through your phones and stuff like this? Basically, yeah. And had they mentioned what had sort of led them to start following you or watching you in the first place? Like, what? How did that come around? Or A load of fake money was found with a group of lads in, I think it was North London. They were pulled over and they had six grand in fake notes on them. Yep. And my co-defendant's fingerprint was on one note. So they, they've got him in, got his phone, linked onto me, got me in, got my phone, got back every deleted WhatsApp, got into my Telegram, got into my Snapchat. There was an Enc there was an Encro phone in the house, but obviously they hadn't done the hack by this point. This is before the hack even took place. They got the Encro. That was an aggravated feature, obviously, because why would you have one if you weren't a criminal? That's 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 what they say anyway. So yeah. And um, what sort of because um, obviously they they'd only bust this six grand but did they from the messages and stuff like this were they trying to piece together how much were they saying oh look that we believe that there's been half a million pounds worth of they, they thought there was millions. cut a million yeah because those notes there was there was two two point two million of those notes made the single notes and there was two point two million of those notes in, made not not in actual amount it's in individual notes yes two point two million of those specific serial numbers on the on in the market yeah yes that's what they were saying and um, where were they? Did, did, through the messages, were they trying to? Had they? Were the messages so damning that you'd be speaking about where you're getting them from if you were getting them? Or, or I was fucked. So it was yeah, on the money. Look, I put my hands up to the money. I put my hands up straight away. But you not, know, not in the police. Yeah, you know, comment still. And let's go back to go from there. And then we will work sort of into it. So. At the police station, you no know, commented. They held you. How long were you in the police station for? 24, 48 hours? Or? Yeah, in total. But they charged me about two in the morning. 
Okay, and what about they? So we spoke about the fake money. But what about the guns? Where did this come from? This was just reading the messages. Were they found any guns or fingerprints? Or no, there's a bit of a. There's a bit of a. The reason why they did this is something happened when they got into my phone. I, I was doing. I was working with with this Russian, with this Russian guy, and there's a lot of money involved, and it went wrong. And the geezer, geezer wanted half a million quid, nearly. Yeah. Off you. Off me. Yeah. Um, and my um, people I was working with yeah. were in total. We we'd lost money as well. Everyone had lost money, but whose fault was it? The guy who introduced me to the Russian guy. It was mainly his fault as he'd given a lot of. I'm not going to say what it was to do with. I'm not going to say it. I can't go into all that. Yeah, but he'd fucked everyone about, given a lot of false information, and it went wrong. And so, the, how much had the Russian actually? He was trying to get, get half a million out of you, but how much had he actually lost? He'd handed me in person about two fifty. And how much did you put into it, or did you just put time into it, or did you personally put into it as well? I put in a lot of time, and I put in money out of the bank, money out of the bank, and he'd given me some in cash. Yeah. And so this obviously went wrong. The Russians after you once half a million, and so where did the gun thing come I mean, then? So he was ringing me. Of fucking Swiss numbers and random foreign numbers. Heavy fella then. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's he's a hundred millions up. He's worth a lot of money. He's worth a lot of money. I don't think he's in this country anymore. I think he got kicked out when old Putin invaded Ukraine. And how how had you been introduced to this character? I was introduced for a guy who had a private security company. So whenever this guy came to England, he'd be given private security. And this guy, obviously, who had that company wanted to make a bit of money doing other things and said, I've got, I can get my hands on lots of cash. I can get my hands on this. I can get my hands on that. So basically giving it the bigger. This is the guy that did the false promises. That they did that Correct. That fucked everyone about. Yeah. So it's gone wrong. He's told the Russian you could do X and Y, introduce you to the Russian. Yeah. And then whose deal was it? So was it you that was going to do this deal? And yeah. it, it was me. And so we can't, we don't want to talk about specifically what the deal was to do with, but it's gone wrong. It's gone How's wrong. the deal gone wrong though? Was, people at the other end was let you down, or was fuckery. You've been involved. robbed, or not robbed, but there was fuckery involved. Yeah, um, and the money's gone. I was all right. I wasn't that much out of pocket because I had protected myself in the, in the running up to it financially. However, this guy was way out of pocket, and he weren't happy. And so was it a case of he was putting so much pressure on you that you needed, you felt like you needed guns around you or what? Well, no, he, he actually sent free geezers and I got shot at outside my place in Essex. Um, the bullet missed my ear by about an inch. And I, I felt he had a... He had talk, a to, talk to me, you need to go more detail than that. So what, they knocked on your door? And no, I was, I was... Every time he rung me, I'd record the conversation on another device yep. and I'd show my pal that I was working with. Yeah. Yep. So listen to what this, this geezer's saying now. Um... I've looked out my flat window and it's a nice family area, right? There was like a Mondeo, I think it was. Nothing, nothing, nothing too fancy. Just sat there for ages and I kept looking out. You know, when you get a gut feeling that something's not quite right and you're a bit on edge anyway because of everything. Um, and I see these guys sort of get out and they're looking at the building. I thought, I thought, nah, that's, that's for me, that is. So I packed a little bag, got a bit of dough. Got, got my phone, got my car, got my keys and everything. My car was parked across the road. So I've gone down a fire exit, fire stairs, and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to walk past them. I thought, fuck it. Let's, let's, just, let's see if it is for me. I'm just going to walk past them. Don't know why I've done it. 
I thought, I thought, I've just walked, I've walked past them. I've turned around and I don't know who the fuck they sent to do it. The geezer stood there with his feet next to each other. He's holding this thing in one hand and he's going bang, bang. And it's, he had three clear shots at me and he missed. Thank fuck the geezer couldn't shoot properly. <laughs> and it missed my ear. I felt it whistle past my ear and there was a little, up the alleyway outside the side of the apartment block, there was a little sort of um, bit where the, where the bins are onto the left. So I've run around there. They didn't let off more than three shots and I've heard them get back in the car. I had a silencer on it and drive off. So I'm thinking either they thought they hit me because it was close to my ear and I've, I've sort of winked at that as, as, it, as it whistled past my ear or the gun jammed or something and they've just done one. So they fucked off. I thought, fuck this. So I've gone and stayed in Kent for a couple of days. Called the police or? No. No. Any names obviously said silence, so you don't mm. think the police, the police didn't ever come speak to you about I this? I mean, silence is allowed, don't get me wrong. They're not quiet. They're not as loud, they're not as distinctive as a bang, but in close proximity, and you what, can what, hear them. What time was this, did you say, it was, that this happened? About half nine, ten at night. So you don't think anyone saw like, at the time? There was nothing. I mean, the bullets The bullets hit hit one of the wall next to me. Uh, I didn't think anything of it, and I didn't I didn't pursue... I didn't call, I didn't call the police. Yeah. And so you've obviously that. fucked off to Kent, got your down over there, and then at that point there, did you obviously you were obviously super in fear for your safety, and then you needed guns around your protection? Or they, this is what they were saying. So they, there was two counts, two charges. They said that I wanted a firearms to protect myself as one of the charges. That's why I was trying to get them over. And they said that I, on the other charge, I wanted them to sell them on. Yeah. So it was two counts. Yeah. And I mean. And so this is from where they, what they'd alleged from reading the messages and that you weren't trying to get one, you, they, they were alleging you were trying to get multiple over. They said I wanted a gun to protect myself from winning firearms, I wanted to, wanted to create some sort of arsenal, yeah. And where were they alleging that these um, said guns were coming from? America. America. And where was the, allegedly, where did the fake, well, the fake money you held your hands up to, where, where was that coming from? Well, that was made over here. Yeah. But we were sending it out to South America. To have, it, to have it changed up over there and sent back. And so how involved in, in uh, this process were you in the fake money? Did you Were you involved in the printing of it and the making of it? Or did no. you just buy it, were buying it I was I was just getting it, yeah. I was buying it cheap. And how good it was cheap. it? Fucking good they then? They were shit. They were shit and you were still able to you convert them in South America. a 10-year-old with these yeah. notes. However... Did they pass the light or... Over, no. Over in Is foreign countries. Over in foreign countries. Places like Mexico. Yeah. You've got... It's not like bureau exchanges you've got over here. It'll be like Pablo's corner shop that also has a foreign tea exchange in it. Just give him the notes and change them up to pesos or whatever. Fucking hell. And so how much were you paying for these said notes? So hundred grand cost me about four grand. hundred grand cost you fucking hell. Cheap as cheap. Fuck. Cheap as fuck. Yeah, that's fucking cheap as fuck. They were shit. Yeah, but it's a cheap price though. Fucking hell. Um, and then how uh, did this taking them South America sort of thing come round. Did you know, how did you work out that you could, were able to do this thing that you just mentioned out there? Well, I had a pal that lives in LA and um, he travels over there all the time. Yeah. And so, and what did he thought he had chance one day? Because obviously he hadn't had fake British money or he'd be able to do it with foreign currency other stuff in the past. Or... I didn't know what to do with them in England because they were shit. Obviously people like, 
people want them to go buy drugs with them. Like a lot of the boys around Essex and that were saying, give yeah. us some time, we're going to go buy a couple of kilos Yeah, that's again. all I've known. And I don't, I'm not one for, I don't like robbing drug dealers. I'm not into all that shit, mate. Um, uh, yeah, I, that's not a bit of me. I got uh, paid before for something in funny money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people, what they do is they put a bit of reel on top, reel on the bottom, and fill it full of dodgy. Probably just fucking put paper in there, because it's still a robbery. The first moment the person gets back, it's a blatant robbery. So why are you wasting your money even in the first place? In case they look through it. The there and then at the spot, yeah. There and then, yeah. But most people don't want it. They just want to get out of there quickly, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah. People wanted to do that, and that's that's not really a bit of me. So I thought, I've got we've got all these stinking notes. What are we going to do with them? So the, I was speaking to my pal in America, and he's the same geezer that they alleged was going to help send firearms, yeah. Um, and he says, send some out to me, Toe. I'll have a look at them and see if I can get them changed up. And how would you go about this? Literally put it in, went to DHS or whatever? Or we were just... putting them in jiffy bags yeah. and just posting it out to LA. How much? 100 grand at a time or something? Five, ten grand to start off with, yeah. And then he would, uh, like say, go over the border with it to Mexico. And, and drive over, yeah. And then what would he send you back then? Say you sent him five grand, what was the split? 80%. He'd send you back 80%. 80%, yeah. Well, he's doing quite a lot of work, isn't he? He's got to drive around a lot. Yeah, yeah. So if if we if we sent over, I'm not going to go... Say you sent over 100 grand. Yeah, I get 80 grand. Yeah, that's fucking winning. But Lovely, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Not bad. Fucking hell. So that's fucking profitable times for you then. It, it was. We, to be honest, we didn't we didn't sell the lot of them. We didn't sell all of them. Um, it was a lot of... It was a lot of Fucking about with post offices. And so they're alleging you took the whole two point two million pounds no, off them. You had at one point no, no, we didn't make that much money. No, okay, we didn't have that clear run. My co-defendant got got nicked because of the boys finding it. Yeah, so we had a, we had a few runs on it, and that was that. And I, I got five years for that. But um, going back slightly, um, so obviously you're up to all this sort of stuff. You've got the Russian guy that's just tried to shoot you. You've gone to Ken. This is all prior to the arrest, was it? And so. How did things proceed with the Russian guy? You just went in to hide him from him and just stayed out of the way, didn't go back to your flat? Or where, where did things go from there? Obviously, you didn't manage to I actually, I, I was a, a, a bit of a cunt, to be honest. Um, I told him to next time find someone who can aim properly. And I just went on a bit of the offensive with it. And so, in terms of offensive... Uh, did you know? Did he have people in this country and stuff like this, or was he? Yeah, they were. They were definitely Eastern Europeans. They weren't Russians. The guy, the boys that came around, so Albanians or something. Maybe oh, that's what I thought initially. I thought it'd be Albos or, or Serbians or something. Yeah. And so this was like say all prior to the arrest, and then you've had the big arrest and um, fake money, the guns, their legend as well. And the blackmail, what was, what, what was this blackmail charge? Where'd that come from? What they've seen in the phones? You're threatening people in the phone, were you? Or? No, not, not, even, not even remotely, to be honest. Look, I, I was guilty of the blackmail, and I put my hands up to it. It was an old charge. They didn't charge me with it at first. They charged me with the money conspiracy and the firearms. They sent me to prison. When I stood trial for the guns... Were you, were you, were you reminded from the police station? I was reminded uh, from the police station, yeah. Reminded from the police station. It's probably Bromley police station. You were there for 24, 48 hours, whatever it may straight be. Straight to Bromley Magistrate Court. Straight remand. I was put in high down. I was put put as an ACAP prisoner. Same for your Cody? Same with my Cody, yeah. And he was in high down as well? He was, he was only on the money. 
Yeah. He wasn't involved in the firearms. He was nicked on the money. But he'd me. been sent straight to Hyde and you were sent together there? We or? were separated the second yeah. we got there because they put me as a potential ACAP prisoner. Uh, the Home Office say, right, we were putting him as a potential ACAP. We got to assess him for a few days. It's just because of the firearm stuff, I'm guessing. Yeah, and if, if he's... If he looks too high risk, we send him to Belmarsh. I ended up in Belmarsh anyway at some point, but I'll, I'll get on to that. Yep. They kept me in high down. Yep. They give you, the officers came up to me and went, what have you done, mate? And I said, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you've got to wear this. And got this fucking green and yellow bodysuit up in an ACAT suit. In a BCAT prison, if you're an ACAT prisoner, you've got to wear like a, you can't wear any clothes underneath it. You're not allowed your own clothes or anything. You've got to wear a, a bodysuit. Yeah, I, I look like it. a fucking monk at a mean machine. That's mate. crazy. Yeah. And I looked at, and I went, you're taking a piss. I thought he was winding me up. He went, nice, seriously. And was this your first day in there? That the second just... I got into reception. Yeah. He said, you've got to wear this. So I put it on. And so how's, what were your feelings at that point there? Stupid question. I know it sounded obvious, but were you scared? And obviously, I've, your I've, life had literally gone peak-tong in the space of 48 hours. I was more... I, I wouldn't say scared's the right word. I think a little Angry, bit... Angry, upset, fucking... More, intri more intrigued. I was very intrigued to see how things were going to pan out because this... this out of nowhere, they just rip your life from underneath you and take you somewhere put, and just... And like you, you said, you'd, you'd no commented on. at the police station. Yeah. Did you, you kind of knew you were guilt, going to be guilty of the money. I knew I knew I was going to end up spending a lot of time in prison. I, I thought, I mean, if I'd found guilty for the guns, I would have, I would have got 20 years, mate. Of course, but even money is a serious thing in itself. Uh, fake yeah. money is. I know yeah. their friends that have been um, put away for it, they fucking don't take it lightly. No, they don't. Well, it's got the, um, got the, the Queen's head in it. Of course, we're stealing so. money from the state, which is like the worst thing, yeah. isn't it, that they look at. Yeah. And so, like I say, they've given you this crazy suit to put on. You've been chucked in to hide out on the wing with single cell. Uh, yeah, yeah a single cell. Um, they put me, on, put me on the wing. And I was a lump then as well. Like, I was 17 stone juiced out my head, ripped, and very tanned. I look like a fucking honey monster, mate, wearing this suit. So what time did you arrive? Was it late at night and you just got chucked in the cell, or did you, were you around that day? Or how... Yeah, we got there about five, six o'clock. They just having dinner and... You time? sit down reception, you get checked in, they tell you what's expected of you, um, they give you an induction, they give you a little food pack. If you want a vape, they give you a vape. Um, and then they, they bed you. They take you to your cell, and you're there till eight o'clock in the morning. And then they let you out. And so, when, what age were you at this point then? Or how long goes this then? I was this 29. Was, so this was three, year, three years ago? Yeah, three years ago. So crazy. And that, and so then you've been chucked onto the wing, single cell, next day you've been opened up and then it's, see what's going on. Well, I've walked out on the wing and I'm the only fucking person wearing this bodysuit. So everyone's looking at me thinking, what has this geezer done? Because normally most people wearing them are, of course, committed murder, yeah. serious offences like that in jail. Um, Everyone coming up to you asking straight away. The only person who did was Kevin. So Kevin our, Lane, this our is. Our mutual friend, Shout yeah. Out to Kevin Lane. He, um, yeah. Oh, he's funny geezer, Kev. I love Kev. I thought, I mean, the first person I saw, I remember walking out the cell in the morning, and he saw, I see this, this geezer with a comb over, with a big grin on his face, just looking at me. And he's gone, what the fuck have you done? Like this. I just went, oh, it's all, all gone wrong, mate. He went, oh, you got a good haircut, though. I'll give you that, mate. you got a good haircut. And, <laughs> oh, shit. Did yeah. Laugh? Yeah, it made me laugh. Yeah, we just became, we just became very good friends. Yeah. We still are, yeah. And so then, like, what happened then uh, in High Down? Like, how long were you there? Like, say, you got moved to Belmarsh, but how, how long were you in High Down? And how was it? Uh, how was the gym? You managed to get into the gym? Like, were you going to a big depression? Obviously, you're looking at fucking numerous years. It settled in straight away. Like, the first few weeks would take a yeah. while to settle in. It's a weird one because they put you somewhere like this and you've got no choice. You have to be there. 
So you can either sit there, feel sorry for yourself, get all depressed, sit in your cell, get miserable, cry, or you can just get on with it. And I think I've, if you've got a good sense of humour, yeah, you haven't got a big mouth, as in you don't run your mouth at people, you're not in for anything dodgy, it's not that bad. It's terrible. You can actually have a great laugh in there, Like, right? it's like going back to school. Yeah. Like, especially when you meet like-minded people. Yeah. And you've got to remember, everyone in prison, not a lot, everyone's in for completely different things. You've got people who have robbed their nan to buy crack, you know, someone at shoplifting, people who, people who are innocent, like civilians who have driven a dangerous driving one night and run someone over, completely accident, they're in prison. Yeah. Or you've got organised criminals, people who it is your job, they make their money from it, and they know that part and parcel of that is going to jail. So they're not they're not bothered about being there. Obviously they're bothered, but it's just part of part of that life, you know. So you've got all these personalities in one place, and you will meet a lot of people that are like you and that you get on with. And you I've made friends for life in the last three years. Like really good, really good, strong bonds. And they say with men especially, your bonds are stronger when you go through trauma together and go through struggles. Like with military. Yes, yeah, one of these things when you somewhere where you've got nothing it's not days where you've got all this money in the yeah. cars and the clothes stuff like this so people actually genuinely get genuine friendships with no hidden agendas as such and you can actually absolutely I, know, I couldn't believe one thing I couldn't believe was was a lot of human kindness there's a lot of violence don't get me wrong a lot of unpleasantness a lot of you see hot, hot water being thrown over people people getting cut every day but the actual friendship and the kindness between other prisoners a lot of them on, on a certain level had a lot of respect for each other you know because everyone knows what each other's capable of we've all done bad things and we might as well all just get on 100% so people people help each other out and I, I'd not I don't see people doing that for each other out here on Civvy Street yeah no of course and um, so like you say you're a pleasant fellow and stuff like this you get your head down you're nice respectful to everyone you didn't have any dramas as such no one's I've had a few over the years I mean listen you can keep your head down as much as you want and you can, you can be well behaved you can be mad, mad, well mannered polite at some point it's going to come on top yeah there's some off key characters in there who aren't mentally correct and so it's not like it's, yeah, yeah so. well, the problem you've got is when you've got all these, all these different personalities in one place yeah and you have to see them every day out here you choose who you see when you've got people in there that every day that you just wouldn't hang around with outside. Yeah, it's not just hanging around today. You live together. Everyone lives together. a build-up of things, you know. So it could be anything, like them walking to the front of the canteen queue or the dinner queue every night. And you let it go. You let it go. You let it go. And you think, oh, I can't again. And then it will get to a point where you have a bad day. You get a bad letter from your lawyer. Your lawyer gives you some bad news. And you think, nah, today this cunt's getting it. You know, and it's 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 one of them ones. And I'm not I'm not violence is not my go to first thing. Yeah, I, I like to think, mate. I'm a thinker. Violence for me is purely reactive. I will I will deal with something if I have to. It's not my. I don't have a big ego. I don't need to prove myself to anyone. I don't give a fuck about who's got the biggest dick and who who can throw the biggest punch. Yeah. I will only get violent if I have to if I have to hurt someone to defend myself or some or people I love and care about. Yep. Yeah, no. Um so for me, if if it didn't come around that often, but in jail, if you want it, you will find it every day. Without fail. Of course. If, that, if you're not bothered and you just have a laugh, you're all right. Of course. And um yeah, so I'm smoking this, do you? No, no, of course, Karen. And so like you say, you've gone um in there, you've got the cat a suit on. Did, did you have that on the whole time? Did that stay on? Couple of days. And that most got B yeah. cat status. Yeah. And um, 
And then when, how long was it until you started as first, right? I don't know yeah. how. How long was it until you started uh, seeing your lawyers and obviously you had that same lawyer? Did you have a lawyer come see you a couple of weeks later? And what did they say? I got a new lawyer. Fucking fantastic he was. He came recommended. Got from him, one of the prison. Yeah, okay. For a good friend of mine outside. Um, lawyer's name's Rob Johnson. He's absolutely brilliant. Me and him are very good friends now. And he, he right, looked after me. So he's come see you and... Um, it's crazy because a lot of the time when committing the crime, we don't even look up the time that we could potentially get for these crimes. Were you aware? Like, so when he came to you initially and said, look, this is what we could potentially yeah. looking at, yeah. it was all fucking... Yeah, it's doom and gloom. And I, I remember going for bail and seeing the prosecution's notes in the bail document of obviously opposing my bail and yeah. why I shouldn't get it. And it was talking about... He basically made me out to sound like some B-Tech Essex version of Al Capone <laughs> in the fucking thing. And I'm reading it thinking, oh my God, and it said holds maximum of life sentence and things out at the bottom. And you're reading it thinking, fuck, I'm in a lot of trouble. But obviously they're going to ramp it up. They say flight risk, international contacts, where things were being involved in, in importation, allegedly. It, they say he's got international means of, means of resources to be able to go. Yeah. Of course. And so... When your lawyers come see this new one, Rob Jones, is it? Rob Johnson. Rob Johnson. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you're going through it all together now. Um, and you, like you said, you knew you were fucked on the money charge. How long were you looking at for that? Did, he, did you think at that time? He got it bang on. He said, you're going to get about five. There'll be mitigation. You'll probably get it down to a three after mitigation. That's exactly what I got. Yeah. And what did he think the chance were initially when looking at the gun charges and all this sort of stuff? Well, obviously... No guns got sent over, I presume, and it just must have been chit-chat on the phones because of the situation, and then you managed to... Do you think you had a good chance of beating that initially when going for it, although? When he met me, look, on the face of it, the messages were bad, and I would have had... I had a, a lot to answer for in court, yeah. I had a fight on my hands. And he, when he read it, he knew that. But he said, Toby, I think that you will be able to explain it properly and be able to, and be able to get your point across properly to be able to win this. I think you've got a good chance and I think you should fight it. And so was it a case of you could, you, you're willing to plead to one of the charges, the money one, but to bring it down the, the levels, I'm sure they were exaggerating how much was involved. They, in didn't, they didn't do any deal. Didn't do any they deal? They didn't. I try, I try, I try, we tried every deal. If I go guilty to this, will you drop this? Yeah. Go guilty to that? No, no, no. And every then so you've, you've mentioned as well, um, down the line, um, a few months into being in high down, was it, you end up getting charged now for a blackmail was it that wasn't a few months in that was after my trial on the firearms yeah i had to go back to when i got not guilty yeah so talk to us about that trial then first then before right. we get on to that and so the trial then um how long had you been in high down at this point and you've got a trial set for i got transferred to thameside before the trial i got security shipped out of high down yeah because there was an allegation that i was involved in having parcels brought into the prison phones and things like yeah. that which uh, i genuinely didn't to be fair yeah but someone threw my name in the mix Six in the morning, door comes crashing off, silly in my pants, getting fucking whisked out into the bus yeah. off to Thameside. And so Croydon Crown Court goes to Thameside anyway. So I was going to need to go to Thameside at some point anyway. So they, yes, they, they got rid of me early and put me there, yeah. So, yeah, they get you up at five. And so by the time this um, had come around, then the trial, like how long had you been in Highdown and how long had you been in Thameside? How long had you been away I've been from? in Highdown just about 10 months. Yeah. No, just under a year, yeah. And then 
gone to Thameside and how long were you in there prior to the trial was this now? I was in Thameside a couple of months. A couple of months and then it was a trial set. The trial, that was a whole period. Of the, the trial was in that couple of months. Okay, so how long, how long was the trial then? Uh, three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks. Yeah. And this was you and your co-D as well, the two of you? Um, no, he pleaded guilty to the money, so it was just me. Just you and it was the money and the guns in it. So talk to us about how that... the the trial went and obviously a grueling process then going there every day even though you're close to it it's um, um it's so knackering isn't the it the worst bit about a trial is going there and back they get you up at five not a problem I'm an early riser anyway that, that's not the issue you get changed into your suit in reception in prison they then put you in the sweat box in the prison bus which is like a portaloo sized fucking cabin mate I'm sure I don't know if you've ever been in one but they're, 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 they're not very pleasant but going from Woolwich to Croydon, Thameside's in Woolwich, it's next to Belmarsh, it's like two hours, two and a half hours each way sometimes in that traffic. So you're sat in that little room, that little fucking dark box, yeah? Get to court, you're in the cells, they give you a bit of food, they give you a coffee, you're in court. I mean, a, a trial a trial's done in stages, isn't it? So the prosecution go first. You have to sit there while they do, while they read out the whole case, they go through all the evidence and explain what they think you've done because the police bring the case don't they it's not my job to prove my innocence it's their job to prove my guilt that's how it's described um so i had to sit there listening for a, nearly a week it's horrible just sitting there watching it and just listening. the worst thing that was is a lot of the communication was on voice note so they played them all out so they? i'd voice note my the guy in america and then i'd delete the voice note and i got them all back of course so they would play. They played two and a half hours of me talking out in this courtroom, mate. Chats with the boys. You can imagine the sort of things you talk about. Yeah, exaggerating a lot of time as well. <sighs> drunk. It was drugs. It, yeah, it was. It was bad. Rubbish, boys, there was dude. videos on my phone of of fucking prostitutes and me doing lines of gear off their asses and things. It was horrendous. It was horrific, mate. Oh I can't even. Were I, you looking at the jury to see their reaction during it? Were any of them smiling and laughing? The blokes, the women, what were they looking like? Just, mate, just disturbed. I, there were some points where the jury were like, like this. There was this old Indian lady in the front row. Bless oh her. My God. I literally leant across and said, "I'm so sorry." At one point, like, I'm, I'm really sorry for what you've just seen. I felt she just sat there like, "What am I watching?" Sort of thing. And I'm looking down when I'm listening to all these voice notes. I'm just looking down. I'm just doodling on a bit of paper. I'm not even I'm not even registering being in that room. I've just escaped the room because it, listening to it back is is horrible. Of course, but your team were doing a good job in the court. Uh, yeah, they didn't. Um, my barrister was the barrister I got was fantastic as well. A guy called Daryl Cherra. He's brilliant. He's young. He's hungry. He's ambitious. And and he's one of these people. He, he'd seen the case and he was like, I, I want this man to get not guilty. It wasn't just a case of get the case through, get it through. He, he, he genuinely wanted me to be, be found not guilty of this because he believed me, you know, which is to have a legal team on side that, that genuinely wants, want you to win. Yep. That rather it, than going through the motions, they will go above and beyond. And it, actually they they went everything. And, and to be fair to, to Daryl, he said to me, Toby, this is your, this is going to be your defense based on what I've seen. I went, cool. He went, if you do this, I think you'll be found not guilty. I went, all right, I've done it. And I've got not guilty. And did you take the stand during the trial? Yeah, I was in the stand for a couple of days, yeah. And so what was that process like? That's obviously the, the most To be honest, it was the, be the best bit. Because I actually finally got to speak. 
Yeah. You're just sat there being told all these things they think you've done. And, and like, it, it was horrific, mate. But when I actually took the stand, I thought, right, fucking my turn now. Move sort of thing. Let me, let me up there. And your barrister asks you questions first, doesn't he? So he'll, he'll ask yeah. you, you all the questions, run you through everything that happened. You spend about a day up there with him. So that's the easy part. That's the good bit. You get to tell, you, tell your story and uh, speak to the jury and, and just explain why I said those things and what was going on in my life at that point. And you and your barrister, like say, you had a good rapport. He was young and hungry. Really wanted you to get off. So you, yeah. you did well that first we did, day. We did, very, we did, we did well. I, I thought we did well. And he, he said, yeah, well done afterwards. Then obviously it's the cross-examination, the isn't hard it? Part, yeah. When the prosecution comes to you. And do you know what? This prosecutor, he, he, didn't, he wasn't bullish. He didn't come for me. He was very calculated, though. He was trying to trip you up, though. He was trying like, to trip me up. In nice ways. and Like, it, like fixating on words. If I say, I could, I could say this was a symbol, he could say, right, let's take that word symbol. When you say symbol, what does that mean? Does that mean you wanted it as a symbol or you wanted it to use? You know, he was trying to pinpoint certain words. And it got to a point where I, I just sort of said to him, I, I said, look, mate, you've asked me this in the last, in three different ways. You're, you're clutching the straws. And the judge turned around and went, to be fair, I actually agree with Mr. Gray here. And so the, the, the judge was a good judge and obviously did a good job, you believe, up to that point. And was, Judges have to be was completely there, neutral. And it, but yeah, but that's not often that that happens, is it? Uh, no, not. no. It, it, they, they're always neutral, right, in terms of a trial. But in their head, they know whether they want you guilty or not guilty, you know. And but they're the, always, I always feel they've got to be neutral, but they're always sort of for the state. It's all, yeah. At the start of it, I think he was neutral. As it got more on, I think he wanted me to be found guilty. That's what my barrister said anyway. So I thought the judge was on side at first. And now he's being a bit difficult. He's being a little bit difficult. Okay. And so then, like you say, you've um, yeah. So you've done well during the cross-examining. And um, then it's come on to the closing statements, was it, at that point there? Uh, closing statements. And then, obviously, the jury go away. The judge gives his legal directions and says... And what did the judge say then? Well, legal directions are... What he believes that he will sort of like sum up the the evidence that's been seen, what it's been done. He sum- won't give an opinion. No, he he'll summarise what it is as if some stuff is weaker evidence. Will he he'll say, say what they can be, come to their verdict on. And his legal direction is you have to be completely, without reasonable doubt, sure that this man is guilty to bring back a guilty verdict. If you think he might be guilty, not good enough. If you think he's probably guilty, that's not good enough. You have to be completely sure of their guilt. Otherwise, it is a not guilty verdict. Yep. And so, sorry, just before this, obviously, during this, the whole trial period, you'd sort of held your hands up to the money, but you're saying categorically there was no gun stuff going on. That's how the trial sort of... Yes, but they were allowed to question me on the money because where they hadn't accepted my guilty plea, I'd gone guilty and said, look, we didn't have much. I just got involved in it a little bit and I gave a bare minimum basis of of guilty plea. So they said, we're not accepting that. We think it was a lot more, but we'll question him on that in the trial. Yeah, yeah, so it's both things. So they were talking about... Their plan was to make me look as bad as they... Do a complete character assassination. Yes. To make me look really bad on the money. The jury hate me and they get a guilty verdict on the guns. And so real quickly, just before the jury come back with their verdict, so how much money were they trying to say you allegedly had done then? They thought it was upwards of seven figures, yeah. And the gun stuff then, were they? was this a conspiracy or were they alleged you had actually brought guns across at this point inside the war? It was all in plans and conspiracy with you. They couldn't, they couldn't, it was a conspiracy, yeah. Yeah. Conspiracy too. And they, because they couldn't prove anything had happened, they were trying to prove intent. Yes. They were trying to prove intent. And so then, perfect. And so then at this point, the jury's gone out then. Um, and how long were they out for then? Three days. Three days. And... 
What was your legal team with us there? The longer they're out, the better, or the shorter time they're out, the better? Or it's just you can't even read into it? Long just... time is better, because it means they're thinking about it, and it means they're not sure. And, and if you're not be... sure, you can't find someone guilty if you're not sure. So if, when they come back after like an hour or two hours, yep. you think, I'm fucked. Okay. They didn't. I, I was in that cell at the bottom of the court for three days. Obviously, I went back to prison in that time and slept. But I had to sit down there waiting for them to come to a verdict. What was that like then, those three days? That was like some of the longest days of your life? I just there? was doing crosswords and um, Sudokus, mate. Trying to take your mind elsewhere. I just sat in the cell, just powering through Sudokus, like, like a maniac, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's concentrating on anything but the thing. Eating that dodgy chili con carne pasta they've got in there, yeah. Putting and coffee. So three days later, obviously, you've been called up and said, yeah, the jury's reached their verdict. And then you've gone up there and... Well, they reached a verdict on one count. Yeah, first, it was two counts. They said, they called me into the court and they say, right, the jury's come to a verdict. They say, yes, we have. They said, on, on which count? They said, one of them. They came to a, an account, account on the, the one involving me selling the firearms on. And they said, defendant stand, you stand up. And they say, do you find him guilty or not guilty? And they said, not guilty. And I just thought, fucking get in. But uh, I, I, looked at, I looked at them, I said, thank, I said, thank you. And then went down and saw my barrister and he said, look, it's not over yet. I've yeah. still, still got her. So did you think there was a chance at that point you might get out and off the even the money charge at that point there? Because no, I got guilty that, to the money. Yeah. So they found me, I got guilty to the money and, and that's and that's what my, my barrister made that clear. He said, look, my, my client has, has admitted to what he's done. Yep. He's put his hands up straight away. That's the level he works on. All right. He's got nothing to do with this. He's been in prison for a year and a half. He is being punished for this money. Yeah. It's not, it's not a case of he's trying to wriggle out of anything here. So they brought back not guilty on the first count, but the second count was where it looked like there might be intent, because obviously the situation with that Russian fella. So they they were trying to work out did did he intend to defend himself in that way? Did he intend to obtain them? Yeah. And fear and things like that is what the prosecution were trying to say would make you breed intent. Yeah. It? Um, but they came back and it was a majority not guilty. Perfect. And so the judge didn't. Sometimes I was. The majority was he gave quite... them a, an eleven to one or a ten to two, and a majority brought back brought back not guilty. And then from there, so what was it? Came sort of then was there a case of you got sent all back to jail for a pre sentence report and all this sort of yeah, stuff before? Literally. And then how long was that until your sentence? And then well, my barrister stood up, stood up the second I got found not guilty, and the jury weren't in the room, and he went, "I want bail for my client like this." I thought I've gone from looking at twenty years in prison, like three hours previous. To might be walking out so the you're fucking over door. The moon at this point, obviously. To might be about to walk out the fucking door. So I'm thinking, fuck. Um, and the judge went, no, 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 sit down, mate. Sort of thing. He said he's going back to prison. We're going to do a pre-sentence report, and he'll be sentenced in a couple of months' time on the money. I think I, I was I was over the moon. I thought fine. Went back to jail. In that period, and so this was back to. Um, where did you say the jail was? You got Thameside. Were you back to Thameside, yeah? Yeah. In that, within a week, I get the charge of blackmail through the door. Oh, my God. So they had used that charge as an insurance policy for the trial. During the trial, um, the prosecution, it was the same prosecutor who's going to be doing the blackmail one, said, uh, my barrister, they were talking. My barrister went, are you even bothering with this blackmail charge? So just casually to him. And he said, if he's found guilty for this, we won't even bother with it. But if he's, if he's found not guilty, then we'll run with it. He openly said it like that, which which says to me that these people, because there was a victim involved in this blackmail charge, yeah? There could have been compensation justice for somebody, yeah? It means they don't give a fuck about the victim. Of course. They care about, they care about me. Yeah. It's personal. 
They care about the individual. They don't care about the victims. They care about the money. And it's personal to these people, you know. And that is what that showed. Because So they charged me with blackmail. Um, and and so, that, so they they had a victim, like you said. They had someone who'd come forward. There was, was, there, there was a victim. Um, and they'd gone to the police? No. They found the messages in the phone when they'd nicked me. But, and, they, and they went to the to the people involved, were you ever blackmailed? They said, yes. And they wrote all statements. Fucking hell. Um, so they never went, they never went the circumstances behind this blackmail. Like what, what I'm not going to go too much into it because I don't, I don't think it's fair on some of the people involved. All right. And look, I did do it. I've done my time for it. Yep. And I'm, I'm not proud of getting involved in it in the first place. So did you end up getting, given this blackmail then as well? Or so? Or I, I pleaded, I pleaded guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I pleaded guilty. So I went not guilty at first, not going to lie. I pleaded not guilty because I knew I wouldn't have got out of prison. I was about to receive time served on the money. Yep. And I wanted to get out of jail. And see, I've been, I've been locked up all through coronavirus, mate. Yep. And prison during COVID. I mean, people out here are whinging about having to be inside for a few hours, mate. They don't know the fucking meaning of the word lockdown. Like, we were locked up for 23 and a half hours a day. There was one point when I got COVID, then my cellmate got it. We didn't leave the cell for 23 days, not even for a shower. We were getting fed by fucking officers dressed as Ghostbusters at the door. These fucking soppy white outfits, yeah. Crazy. Were you worried about like COVID in there? Because obviously, no, it was, no. everyone got it. We all got it. The whole prison got it. We were coughing, spluttering. People were pretending they didn't have it just so they didn't have to sit behind their door for ten days, eleven days. It was. It just. It just went round as a flu. Everyone. Everyone got it. Yeah. And, and everyone was fine. And so, like I said, that was fucking some of the worst jail that anyone's had to do. Proper bangers. Not, and yeah. so then by the time it came around initially then in the court case for the blackmail, initially you pled guilty in order to try and get out or because you've done the time served at this point on the, so you have been sentenced then, like you say, at this point for the money. What I was about to be sentenced on the money, but I had, I'd just been charged for blackmail. Yeah. So they kept me, I was on bail for the blackmail. Yeah. So I knew if I, if I got time served on the money, yeah. I'd be released. Yeah. All right. So they did. I got time served. They released me. Yeah. And what was, so what was the sentence you'd got for the money? Three years or something? Start me at five. Yep. Gave me a five, but obviously took into, guilty plea. took into account my guilty plea, the time I'd done during COVID. Yeah. Um, and he took me down. I mean, he took me down to three years. Yeah, I'd done a year, year and a half. I was done. Bang, out the door. Yeah. Got out yep. then. Um, so back to Brentwood was this? No, I went up north. I went to stay with a friend up up north. I thought, you know what? I'll get out of London. Um, change of scenery. And so, obviously, yeah. did you know that you were fucked on the blackmail thing and you just yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah. what was it? Just pure party? Did you go off the rails for a month then? Nah. Oh, I, I got... So what I, were you doing then? I went out a few times. About the future or whatever. Like, no, I, know, I, I just wanted back. to... I wanted to see people. And how long did... How bad did you think... time? How, how long did you think you were going to get on the blackmail stuff then? I mean, it could have... It, what were so you thinking? I was thinking... I was thinking two or three years, yeah. So you just try to see everyone, all your loved ones, have a bit of a party, just be out and a bit free. Exactly, go to the gym when I wanted to, not have to fucking make, eat loads of nice food. Yeah, not make a gym out of water bottles that we were doing in jail for a fucking couple of years. Um, yeah, I just wanted to enjoy myself for a month because I knew I was going back. So did you have a relatively all right month or a good month then? Obviously, after being away for great. Yeah, it was fine. I, f I felt back to normal straight away. I'll, I'll be honest, even, even now, prison just feels like a bit of a dream. It's crazy, isn't it? When you look back. It's very it, surreal. It, it, it's so, it is surreal. It's like it was... It, it, I, I know I, what you mean when yeah. you say it's like a dream or a nightmare. It's like it was that real. But. I know it's happened, but I'm, it, 
I'm fine. Yeah, right. yeah it just feels strange. And so, what were the circumstances then, or how did it come around then? Um, when you end up having to go back then after a month, was it a case of you went back to court on the blackmail charges? Or? Well, I'd been, I actually got, because in, in the in the months leading up to, when they charged me with the blackmail, I was in Thameside, just after my trial, yeah. I had to go do my plea at Woolwich Crown Court. So Woolwich goes to Belmarsh. So I ended up in Belmarsh, yeah? So I was released from Belmarsh. Okay, so how right? long had you been in there for? Um, a couple of months. And what was that like then? Was that a much harsher regime or was this? Oh, it's stricter. It's militant in, in there. But to be honest... Out of all the jails I've been to, I, prefer, I think it's the best one. Folks are right, and they're respectful people, yeah. in that. Well, there's proper people in there. You ain't got... I mean, you get a lot... There's a, there's a lot of sort of petty crime in everyone, but you've got pro proper fellas in there, and, yeah. and it's a good regime. You know the score. You know where you stand with officers, with people, and it, it, was, the, it was the best regime, I okay. thought. And so, like you say, you've been released from Belmarsh, so you've been out for a month, and then back to court? Back to court, back to Belmarsh. And so what was this then? What you got remanded then at the first thing? Well, it was first day of trial. Okay, so this was... And, I, and I, I pleaded guilty. Okay, so yeah. From there. And yeah. so trial was done then and the case of back to there for a couple of months before pre-sentence report again or what, how long was the sentence? They report? used the pre-sentence report from the last one. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? So I got sentenced in January and he gave me two year, nine months. He started me at five years again. Though. Yeah. But the judge... The judge gave me a lot of time off. Me and my co-deem. I had a co-defendant on this one as well. The same guy I had on the money. Okay. He started us both at five years each. But he could see that, one, this could have been dealt with on the last one. And the police had held on to this charge purposely to keep me in prison longer. Yeah. Right? Two, he could see there was a lot more to it than what was being said. And there were people being protected in this Conspiracy, whatever I'm not going to go too much into it, but he could see quite clearly that there was another involved, and that person involved had written. He could see in the messages quite clearly that person was involved, and the police protected this person just so their statement was credible. Otherwise, if they were pulled in as well, they wouldn't have had a case because it was all, it was mainly this person's statement which was which was putting me and my pal pal away. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So the fives end up come down to two years, eight months. He started us at 60 months. He gave me 14 months off yep. for the fact that Good the police day. should have dealt with it before. Okay, sweet. And the fact that he could see there was something a bit dodgy going yeah, on. Yeah, it should have all been done together concurrent with this sort of stuff. Yeah. It's some bullshit. He gave me six months off for the letter I wrote, explaining everything. Fucking fair play. It must be a good letter. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all right at letters, mate. You I, had a little I, bit of time to write it. Well, I used to work in the city, didn't I? Fucking selling a load of shit to people, so... I wrote the letter, I wrote a good letter. He gave me three months off for COVID and another three months off for going guilty at the day of trial. Fair play, so you did well. So it took me down to 33 months from 60. And so, obviously, never a good day getting sentenced, but how how were you feeling towards the sentence that you got in the end then? So you've got a lot of time off. Yeah, I've got a lot of time off. What were you expecting after the guilty plea? What were you... I was expecting about that. So you were kind of happy? And you... I was fine. I mean, it was just interesting because... The judge, the prosecution stood up at the end and said, uh, can we talk about compensation? The judge went, no, 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 no. Because he could see quite clearly that had been fuckery going on, you know. He could see clearly, he said, no, no, these men have been punished enough. And he said, on your way. And so then where were you? Back to Belmarsh, was this? Back or? to Belmarsh, yeah, and I stayed there for the majority of it. For the last four, so, so how long did you serve them from this point? Um, uh, 13 months. 13 months. And obviously you kept yourself fit in there, clearly. Um, so training as much as you could. Yeah, gym was back open, yeah. 
And was it a lot easier then than the, the first sentence you'd done? As even though there were obviously you were out training each day, were you working, learning? Yeah, I was working. I was working as an induction orderly, so it was probably the best job in the jail. Yeah, everyone that comes in, you. Just... I was out myself till ten at night. Um, and it was great. We'd sit down there. We had our own hot plate. We got gym three, four times a week. Everyone knew coming in. We'd sign them in. And it it, it flies by then because you were up about flies all the time by. rather than locked in watching the clock. Yeah. Um, and so. You got through it, and you've ended up being released. Then two weeks ago, then, um, and at the moment you're currently in Reading. Then, and so what the yeah. what a um, situation is it in one of these shared sort of accommodation bail yeah. hostel sort of things? It's 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 like a bail hostel. Yeah, they wouldn't they didn't approve any of my dresses I gave them for tag. Why? Any police, reasons? Police, just police said no. Police just police check refused every address I gave. And so them. you're on probation for the next fourteen months, is it? Or I'm on probation until July 2024. Um, so like I said, they've turned down those uh, said addresses. Might do a favour for a bit, a bit of time to adjust out of things. You're in Reading and say, so how long have you got to stay here or can you move at any point if you find an address that they might approve of in a different area? Or Correct. If they, if they approve the address, I can move and I am looking. It's just finding where if I rent privately, there's no landlord which will which will allow me being on tag. I couldn't go to an estate agent and say I'm on tag, I want to move here. They, they say, I'll be check you now, mate. It's, it's, really? Yeah, there's no chance. Uh, yeah, I suppose I've always had to go through uh, private landlords. Um, exactly what I'm doing now. I'm yeah. speaking to a few people. It takes a bit longer, but you can do it. If you find that you can do it, it's quite easy it, to exactly, do it. Exactly. It's exactly. a bit of a headache. You have to do message to 20, 30 people, get on Gumtree or whatever you've got to do. And so where are you looking to move to, are you looking to go back to your area, back to Brentwood, Kent sort of ways or anything like this? Um, Essex or Kent, yeah. Essex or Kent. And talk to me about your plans now for the future, what you're looking to get into, what sort of work? Um, well, now I feel like a human being again and not some sort of stray dog. I am looking at doing a few things. I mean, it's a, it's a weird one because my whole life I've just, like I said before, I've just chased things that give you imminent pleasure. You know, I've chased meaning, all meaningless pursuits yeah, and disposable pleasures. And what I thought would make me happy never did. You know, it just served the purpose at that time. And when I do, anything I do now, I now think rather than I'll earn this out of this or she's attractive, I'll sleep with her. It's I now think this will, this will make me happy. This will fulfill me. So I'm looking at doing things in property at the moment with a friend of mine. Um, I'm also looking at I want to buy a nightclub, to be honest. That's maybe 12, 12 months, 13 months down the line. You never know. And so in terms of the property stuff, so you said you've got a partner to be doing this with, the property sort of stuff. You're going to be looking to buy and renovate properties or build yeah, properties, just what you're looking to do, or just buy, buy land, buy land and put the properties on them, yeah. It's, it's something I'm looking into at the moment. Obviously, they took a lot off me when they nicked me. Yep. Um, but I'm all right. Yep. But it depends just how alright I am. Of course. As to what I uh, as to what I do. Yeah. And um so nightclub, this sounds exciting and that. So where would you be looking to have the nightclub? Would this be in Essex Kent or did London or I don't know really. Um you just want a nightclub. It depends on the venue. Yeah, look, I love going out, like I said before, I, f I fucking love it. It's weird. If you could turn your passion into work, that's when you win in life. Exactly, mate. This is, this is what I mean. Um if I'm not if I'm not going out and getting on it all the time, but I can enable everybody else to. Yeah. I'm a very sociable person. I like being around people. Yeah. I like people I like buzz off other people, I like having a good laugh, you know. Um I also, on the other hand, love my own company. Yeah. But being around 
yes, a lot that, of energy. That happens more so as well when you end up going away. But as well, like I say, you've been away oh. for the last three years, so I'm sure you yeah. enjoy your own company a lot more than what you did prior to that. Because dangerously, yeah, that's you, crazy. You don't need. I, I didn't need anyone around me before. Now to the point that I can quite happily sit in a room and just talk to myself for yeah. a couple of days, and I'm, I'm fine. It's crazy. You become comfortable <laughs> with your own company. Don't you? It forces yeah. you to. Literally yeah. forces you to. And so, what about? Um, some of the, the, the stuff you were doing prior to all the social media and all that sort of stuff, some of the offshore stuff, all this this would be something you got it back into, to a shady world, or why not? Is there, the money was good in it? You I'll be honest, I am I struggle with those sort of corporate people a lot of the time. Um, I think so they've all it, got agendas. So a lot of the people that would be coming to you would be corporate sort of people, well, actual business, but I would have thought it, me... Um, I would have thought it would be a lot more shady, criminal sort of characters. or it was not The clientele, but obviously the people you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis that are setting up certain things yeah. are all in the corporate world. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to stay out of that. and all this sort of stuff. I, I just, I'm, do you know what? When you, when you go to jail, it's a funny thing because you're surrounded by people who are free thinkers, yeah? They don't live in, in this little circle of society. They live just outside it. They can think for themselves. I'm not saying, I'm not justifying anything they've done. Some of them have done some fucking bad things, you know, and they deserve to be where they are. I deserve to be where I was. But these are people who think for themselves and they're not, their lives aren't led by fear of doing something wrong. And when they put you in a place like this, you find it very hard to communicate with ordinary people afterwards. Now, I'm all right. Because I've, I've been around lots of people in lots of different environments my whole life. But say you take a young lad, say you take an 18-year-old or something, and, and you nick him for conspiracy to supply class A, he gets caught with, I don't know, 10 packets on him and a burner phone, and they give him two years. They put him in a big man jail, yeah, around people who are doing big things. Have a lot of money out there, got operations running, probably still do. And they look up to these people and they think, yeah, I want that. Now, how is that person going to be able to, going to come out into society and be changed? They're not. They're going to be fucking worse. They're going to come out with their dick in one hand and a phone book full of all their new naughty mates in the other. And and that's where the system's broken. Yeah, no, you're spot on there, Toby. Like, the system's not made to cure people or make people better. The system's made to punish people. It's and me. then you have to cure yourself yourself. It's a circle. Uh, yeah, it's fucking hard to get off it. It's um, a circle. Like I say, a merry-go-round. And they want you on that merry-go-round. They don't want to rehabilitate people. They want to keep locking them up, keep the statistics up, get the, keep getting the funding. And that's and it just goes round and round and round. And um, so like you say, you've obviously been away for the last three years. You feel like you're obviously less hope. You've learned your lesson. Then you're definitely going to be staying away from committing any crimes or criminal circles. You're going to be yeah. careful of who you're hanging around with. In the future, you feel like you've got enough self-control that you could be around someone that might be a little bit for me, whatever, you're not going to get caught up in anything at this point. I'm not getting involved in anything that's going to land me back in prison. Not because, oh my God, it was so bad. I, I hated every second of it and it's traumatised me because it really didn't. I, I, 50% of it was a laugh, being honest. However, and I don't believe people change. People don't change. Men don't change. They, but they, what does change is they can make better choices. 100%. That's what yeah. I was getting to. And... Now I've stepped out of that life I was living, looking back in, I can just see how fucked our generation actually is, mate, in so many ways. And I do not want to be back in that toxic lifestyle again. Therefore, I will be keeping my nose clean and staying away from those sort of things. Therefore, yeah, I don't plan on going back to jail. 
Yeah, and I relate to a lot of what you said because, like I said, jail's not that difficult. It's more for me the thing that I was found difficult because I had a boy and so being yeah. away from the boy and the missus, I felt like I proper let them down. That's the biggest thing. And then my parents, like I say, I came from a good household, and yeah. so I'd let, that was probably the main thing. They gave me every opportunity, so it's a case of like I'd let them down. But if you didn't have family or anything like this, it's it's, it's not that. Yeah, and this is the thing. I mean, I've, I've what heard guys... It, what affected it having your parents and your family, though? Uh, I lost my mum five years ago. Okay. She wasn't around. I think that's, at that piece. point, was where I started ramping up the things I was involved in. Yeah. You know, maybe, timing-wise, it might have been might have been a catalyst as to why I turned quite ruthless. 100%. Um, my dad's, my dad's, we have a great relationship. He loves me. I love him. He's very different to me. But he knows what I am. He knows I'm not nasty. And I've always, I'm very caring with people I love and people around me that I, that I, that I like, you know, and I've never wronged him in any way. I never would. But it, it wasn't, um, it didn't affect him massively or obviously he must have missed you, you not being yeah. there and all this well, sort of our stuff. Relationships, he... My family are quite, are quite sort of stiff upper lip Brit, you know, like we don't complain, we don't whinge, we just fucking get on with it. You know, and it's very much that old school sort of traditional British mentality of of we don't need to talk every day and talk about our feelings and and analyse everything and we just you're right, yeah, I'm sweet, mate. Good. You know, that that's that's Gonna that's it. Similar to that, um... Yeah. Oh, all right then. So like you said, hopefully you've got all this uh, criminality and all this craziness behind you. Um you got any plans to like write any books or anything like this with uh Jenny been on or Got anything planned with the media world? I don't or? have the concentration to write a book. I think I'll just start, start getting distracted and looking at my phone. And yeah, no, um, I don't know to be honest. Uh, open to ideas, though. I, I'm open to ideas. I'm going to take each day as it comes. I've only been out two weeks, and even though I say I've forgotten about jail, I'm still adjusting. You know, I, I'm enjoying being back in a proper gym. I'm enjoying seeing the boys. I'm enjoying seeing seeing someone very dear to me, who um, who we we start communicating again properly I'm, I'm, I'm very much enjoying that and so um so yeah like so you've been able to travel up to sort of Brentwood and Kent and that during the no. days and stuff like you're not allowed to go there or no what? I'm allowed but I've not been and it's obviously you've got the tag so it's sort of the worry and stuff like this it's I don't like, I don't want to risk not being anyone who wants to see you they come down to see you so people have come down and visited you whatever. yeah selfish you can come see me yeah well you've been yeah. away for a while isn't no it? I so. have, yeah and um, so talk to us about uh, the social media where people can sort of get in touch with you and stuff like this Toby anyone who wants to message you or yeah I mean look I've, I've just got a TikTok account and I didn't really know what TikTok was when I went to prison but apparently it's fucking exploded for me I thought it was just 10 year old girls doing dance videos half the time it's like Babe Station for paedophiles isn't it but <laughs> it's um, apparently it's. I've just got a TikTok account now apparently it's not that so I've got one I've, I've just been trying to do that I actually done, I've sort of cracked it in the last week I've done it for about yeah. three months but I've got about 8,000 followers but in the last week I've managed to get about 15,000 followers and about 3-4 million views on it which is I've managed yeah, to the algorithms are mental Instagram's just fucked everyone yeah I mean, oh, I've got, mate it's impossible to get any views I feel like yeah. it's a waste of time I've got 100 and something thousand followers on Instagram and Fucking no, you don't see anyone's posts. You know when people put posts up and it's on your newsfeed, yeah. you see what, maybe five, six accounts out of the 500 people you follow? You don't, they don't show you anything anymore. So 
in terms of content, it, it seems that TikTok's the way forward. Yeah, no, de definitely from what I'm seeing, it's uh, the way forward. But anyway, you sort of obviously, like you just said, you, meant you have got the Insta, you have got a TikTok. And My guys, name's the same on both of them, yeah. They will be below in the description, so jump on there and throw him a message, get in touch with him, and anyone wants to reach out in any way, get in touch with me. Totally. follow. But, um, all right, we'd like to um, thank you very much for the opportunity today, and uh, I think you told your story really well, and it's a crazy story. And like I say, I wish you the best of luck Thank you. Going forward, and then maybe a year or two down the line, we could do it again or something. And we'll catch up. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you're doing real well at this nightclub. We can come and do a day in the life with you um, at your nightclub yeah, and yeah. see how the. Come have a little party, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Obviously, a normal person partying. No. Cool. Well, I'm not that normal, so. No, nah, good. All right, three days it is then. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh, but, uh, all right, perfect. Well, uh, yeah, again, thank you very much for the opportunity. No and, uh, yeah, till next time. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much, Chris. Cheers, perfect, mate. Perfect. perfect.